Welcome to Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Common Sense Leadership is an influencer podcast that will make you think, laugh, and act. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe and tell a friend to also listen and subscribe. Now, let's join our host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. Let me tell you, I am super stoked. Today is Good Friday and happy resurrection holiday weekend to everyone. I am super excited and just really, really humbled and blessed to have my three friends back on. Randy McShepard, uh, VP for Talent Development and Public Affairs at RPM International Incorporated. Karen McClendon, CHRO at Paychex, and my good friend Carolyn Stennett, who is VP for HR and Talent Development at Victolic. These three thought leaders, just super brains around HR and talent development, come back on this week to share the latter part of our conversation. You heard part one uh, two weeks ago, and this is part two. This is the conclusion of the whole matter. And I tell you, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal interaction uh, between us. And you'll see that uh, and feel that when you are listening to this podcast and of course viewing it on Vimeo. I'm excited to bring these folks back. Remember the theme for uh, this month and for this conversation is laser focused for greater success. Laser focus for greater success getting focused in on talent development, getting focused in on how can we develop ourselves personally, that professional development that will take us and our careers to the next level. Super excited. And now I take you back. We're going to start with uh, the tail end of part one and lead you into part two. I'm excited about it. I hope you will be as well. Enjoy. Happy Resurrection Weekend. And one of the challenges both of them had was giving women of color, that tough feedback, mm -hmm. giving them the feedback that was going to help them develop. And so what I said to them is you have to establish a relationship, I'm not talking about a friendship, but a working mm -hmm. relationship so that when you are sharing, when you need to share developmental feedback, people can receive it. Uh, you know, just saying you're doing a good job. Keep, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Doesn't help me. I need that's right. that feedback. That's going to help me reach the places that you guys were talking about that I don't see that I'm not as good public speaking as I think I should be mm -hmm. giving me that feedback. So guys, what would you say to managers? And I know you guys run into managers that find themselves in this predicament quite a bit. And especially with the backdrop of George Floyd, the Me Too movement, a lot of men say, I'm not touching that. But you're doing that employee a disservice. So guys, say a little something about that. Or am I like totally off? <laughs> Well, let me just say, uh, as a person who's been married to uh, an African-American woman for 23 years, it's a skill set I'm still working on every day. Uh, <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the easiest thing to do. But um, I, uh, I think it's an excellent question. And um, a, a couple of things come to mind. I think um, maybe both uh, Carolyn and Karen alluded to this, but uh, you should try to establish that relationship where you can be open and honest and candid and um, not that you have to be best friends with your coworkers, but there should be some friendly type of relationship where you can be candid and, and open. Uh, and then uh, being transparent. I mean, I think it's, it's, I've certainly had many conversations in recent months 
uh, with my white counterparts about how challenging it is to have these conversations and just to say, hey, um, I, I don't want to offend. Um, you know, there, there's um, a lot of tension out there in the workplace right now about how people are, uh, you know, communicated with, spoken to, and I don't want to make a misstep. So, you know, might uh, we establish some ground rules and, you know, uh, make sure that anything I'm saying is coming from a sincere place and I don't want to offend and, you know, th those kinds of things, I think, uh, put maybe a, a, a woman of color at ease to maybe open up and uh, be more uh, willing to listen to what that person has to say versus them just sort of coming out, out of the, the blue with uh, some random comment that offends. And then, of course, you have a problem that might take a long time to uh, mend. Yes, Randy, I, you know, I'll add to that. I think that is great advice. I think establishing that relationship is really important and just giving people permission to, um, to share with you really, you know, kind of targeted, very specific feedback. And of course, how we react to that feedback will um, ensure whether or not they will continue to do it, whether or not they feel safe doing it, or whether or not they're less likely to do it um, based on your reaction. So, you know, one of the things I always do is to say, I, I do not want you to just tell me the, the good things. And, and I, I will do this a lot when I'm doing public speaking, I will find, you know, good uh, five or six people in the audience and say to them, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to critique me and I need you to give me opportunities for improvement. Do not just come back and tell me everything that I did well. That does not help me. I'm trying to get better. And so I'm really counting on you to give me that feedback. And then I thank them um, after they give me that feedback. And then I also go back and say, hey, here's how I actioned the feedback that you gave to me. Um, so LD, I just will tell them this really quick, uh, quick story of um, how LD and I did our first podcast together. And I was just so proud. You know, I was telling everybody, I told my, my family members, you know, previous colleagues and friends, and I'm like, hey, look at me. I was on this podcast, listen to it, blah, blah, blah. And so I did, uh, I talked to a previous president uh, that I worked for and I, I sent it to him too. And I said, hey, I need your feedback. And you know, the first thing he did was just compliment LD. She was like the best in the world, loved her energy and everything she had to say. But he said, but you, you were boring. And I was like, what? What, I'm boring? What, me? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, I have no idea what you said. I was not really listening to what you said because you didn't tell it in a way that really resonated with me. You know, you you, you got to start telling stories. You got to still build, you know, something around what you're saying so that it does resonate with people. And so I have not forgotten that. It was really, really good feedback. It hurt. It really hurt when he told me that. I was like, how can you? How dare you tell me that? Everybody else is telling me how wonderful it is. But it was the most helpful feedback that I received. And that was just a few months ago, right? So you just have to make it a safe place. And you have to thank people and you have to encourage them to continue to give you feedback. And I wouldn't say that's just a peanut butter approach to everybody. It has to be with people who really, <laughs> whose opinions really matter. Um, people whose opinions, you know, are really in your best interest. Um, and you have to make sure that people tell you those areas of opportunity, not just the good things. Yeah, and, and just to put a, a finer uh, point on that, it is about the relationship, right? And the psychological safety and the trust between the two individuals, because you can hear the same feedback, but if you don't trust that individual, you become defensive. And Karen, I would imagine, because you sent it to this, uh, to, the, to the president that you had, 
uh, you have a relationship with them. You trust what they yes. uh, said. They, you know, they have your back and your best interest at heart. And I think at times for women of color in particular, breaking down those walls, really connecting uh, with someone, uh, it's sometimes a challenge, right? I think sometimes we see that coming in and doing the work and doing good, a good job at the work is enough. But for me, that really is the, 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 the entry point. That's a given, right? It's what do you do in addition to that? How's your network? How often do you go out and engage? And yes, not everybody you're going to have a connection with, but for those you do have a connection uh, with, that how much are you investing in that relationship? And so when the time comes to get that feedback, and you are absolutely right, uh, Erin, it is so important to get that uh, back, not just a good, but where there are opportunities for improvement. But you could really receive that much better when it's from a position of, of, of trust and how do you build those trusting relationships in the organizations. And we have to, women of color have to get better at looking for allies that don't look like us. Uh, individuals who've been most interest, instrumental to me in my career growth and development are white men, older white men, uh, that for whatever reason, either have taken an interest in me or like Karen, I've sought out asking for input, for advice, for feedback, and over time continue to invest in that relationship, not making it be just a one and done, but reaching out consistently. And so how do we um, allow or, or help mentor uh, women of, of, of color to understand those um, requirements for really uh, and opportunities to really continue to develop and grow uh, in an organization and grow and build on those relationships. Not just individuals that we're comfortable with, but individuals that really can help us uh, move forward. Wow. See, see, that was a great question. And I got all the support. I really appreciate that, guys. So, Randy, I'm going to I'm going to throw this question over to you. Uh, and okay. I'm thinking about uh, organizations uh, with the backdrop of the great tsunami. Uh, my, my girlfriend says it's the retirement tsunami and the great resignation. So we've got all that stuff going on. What does an organization need to be doing in order to attract uh, and retain top talent. Now, we all know that, yeah, compensation, just kind of put compensation to the side because I don't care how great you are, organizations are only able to give you so much. Okay, it's, it's like, I love sports. It's like, you know, signing uh, Aaron Rodgers to a big contract and then you lose Devontae Adams. Okay, I got a problem with that. That's just me. So when you think about uh, the workplace, what should organizations be doing or what can they be doing now to attract this top talent and then to retain what you already have, given the fact that you can only pay them so much? Right. There have been countless surveys done over, over the years where uh, money is oftentimes not the top of the list when you ask people why they choose to stay with companies. So uh, it's a great question. Um, there, there's a few, uh, three or four um, responses that come to mind, but I'm sure my colleagues uh, we'll have other ideas as well. Uh, the first one um, 
I believe uh, Carolyn mentioned, which was um, the importance of flexibility, um, flexibility around work hours, um, flexibility around um, the virtual options. I think that that's probably here to stay. And um, many young people, especially uh, coming into the workforce, almost expect it, or those that have been in the workforce and have enjoyed it for the last couple of years aren't going back. So um, I think companies have to find ways to remain flexible in terms of the schedule and what they expect of a person. Uh, people sitting at, at a desk from nine to five, is uh, that's yesteryear. Those days are long gone. Um, secondly, I would say, and uh, uh, all of you will certainly agree with this, I'm sure, um, recognition. Um, so many people want to be recognized for the good work that they do and not enough companies do it or do it well. Um, letting people know that, um, their efforts are appreciated that that we see you we we understand the contributions that you're making to your team to your department to your company um that goes a long long way and um that again doesn't have to be a financial uh gift or bonus uh it could be uh, a letter from the the ceo it could be a special awards program it could be a special highlight in the company newsletter it could be lots of things but the, the main point is recognizing people for the uh, many, many contributions that they make and sacrifices that they often make on behalf of the company. Um, thirdly, I think that to attract top talent, a lot more companies will have to do things like um, establish and um, certainly support uh, affinity groups. We're seeing a lot more of them uh, cropping up here at RPM. Um, women's groups women want to get together and talk about what it's like and to share and help each other and talk through challenges and needs that only women uh would would, would uh you know want to elevate um for the good of their jobs and for the good of the company um we're also seeing more minority groups uh asking for opportunities to sort of come together and share and and to be supported by the company uh in doing those kinds of things um, there's lots of other groups and, uh, that, that need it, you know, be it older workers, be it LGBTQ. I mean, it, it goes on and on, but letting people know that there are safe spaces for them within our respective companies can go a long way because as you've heard today, people have options. Uh, everyone's out there in a war for talent. And, um, if you don't pay attention to those kinds of things and needs, a lot of good people will uh, show themselves to the door. Uh, the last thing I'll say is um, because I perhaps because I'm a vice president of public affairs and I spend a lot of time thinking about the community, um, companies really showing themselves as woke. Uh, and that is, you know, how is your company faring as it relates to corporate social responsibility? There's a, a an organization known as the Cone Research Group that ha for decades has been uh, surveying college students who oftentimes, in most cases, the majority of them say, they would rather be uh, receive less in salary to know that they're working for a company that cares about the community, that's giving back to the community, that's showing themselves concerned about the quality of life, especially for people that look like uh, them. So companies have to show that it's not just about making money, it's about making the community better. And we all represent communities and come from communities and we want those communities to thrive. So if a company can show that they're woke, that they're paying attention to that, that they're investing in that, it certainly, in my mind, would make uh, that company more appealing to uh, a person. Once again, that has choices. So I'll stop there. That is fabulous. Ladies, uh, you know, Randy was talking about competitive advantage. Anything else, anything you guys want to add to that? 
or expand? You know what, I, I do want to just build a little bit about uh, what you were saying about the community because it influenced my my decision to join Paychecks, you know, and like you said, we have choices, right? And I, I love what you said about the community impact. And so, you know, that's what Paychecks does. We help small to medium-sized businesses. Um, you know, they're successful in their communities and our communities thrive um, and they grow and their jobs and there is, you know, kind of vibrancy in that community. And that's what our nation was built on, small communities. And so it's absolutely part of the decision-making process for me as an individual, but I agree. I think it's a huge, huge uh, thing that, uh, candidates look for in an employer. You know, how are you showing up in those communities where I live and where I work? They're also looking for representation within their leadership team that that shows that, hey, you know, so that looks like me has the background and experiences of me can also be successful. Um, what I will also add, you know, you, you talked a lot about flexibility and choice. I agree with that 100%. Um, but I also think another big driver, and, and again, you touched on this, is kind of that recognition of individualism. Um, and that is represented through diversity and inclusion. So understanding that what I bring to the table is valued by the organization, um, both in what I do. So, you know, I don't want to be in a job that's not really making a difference, that's not making me feel like like I'm contributing to the overall growth and stability of the organization. So make sure I have that line of sight and I see and understand it. Um, but also, you know, I want that organization to understand me as an individual and what I'm looking for. You know, there are some folks who want the long-term career. There are a whole lot of folks who do not. Um, and so what does it look like? You know, do I just want to kind of continue my, um, I think intellectual curiosity is what Caroline referenced before in the job that I'm in now, or do I have aspirations to find out about another function, to work in another function, to work at a different level? And it's going to vary significantly by individual. And so that organization is able to connect with that employee as an individual and say, I know you're different. I understand that you're different. I recognize that and I value that. And so let me help you get to where you'd like to be. And I know in doing so, you're going to help us as an organization to be successful. And I think unless we can make that connection and it be a genuine connection that really does result and some differentiation for that employee in their growth journey, then we're, we're, we're gonna be in a, in a spot where we're not really growing as an organization and able to, to, to attract and retain that talent. Wonderful. Hey, Carolyn, I know you wanna jump in, but I'm gonna give you a specific question, okay? Uh, I, I don't, these guys, these, these guys are in key positions, guys, super, super excited and grateful that they took the time to, to share their wisdom with us. And so Carol, I wanna share this one, this question with you, I wanna throw it to you. Uh, Mackenzie did a report uh, right at the, I think we were right in the middle of this disruption and they surveyed uh, black knowledge workers. These are the salaried people that you were talking about. And what the, the survey results indicated was that 97% of black knowledge workers said, I don't wanna go back to the office. I, I just don't wanna go back to the office. And Carolyn, you kind of teed, Karen, you kind of teed this up. They're, they were talking about the microaggressions in the office. They're talking mm -hmm. about the discrimination that they're facing in the office. What we know now, and, and each of you can attest to this, it's no longer just about race and gender. It's now about sexual orientation and a lot of things that are going on in the workspace. 
So Carolyn, can you talk to us just a little bit about what does an organization, how can an organization be more proactive when we're looking to make that, to, to Randy's point, make our environment more psychologically safe, not just for black people, not just for women, not just for people with disabilities, not just for people that are a part of the LGBTQ community, but for all people. So can you talk mm -hmm. to that just a little bit? You know, what employers are going to have to do is to, and as Karen said, and also Randy, really look at the individuals. There is no one size fit all, fits all. Karen mentioned five generations in the workforce. And so how do you figure out what your employees need? I always say, we've got to ask. We've got to have better ways of listening a better ways of capturing what our employees uh, are asking for. The wisdom is already there. It lies within. And so how do we equip our leaders, our managers, um, our boards of uh, directors with really being able to understand that this workforce is is changing it's a it's 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 evolving and so ld i don't know if i have a real specific and defined you know top three things you can do it really depends on the culture within that organization the culture that you want to evolve uh to uh the makeup of the organization but i always say you should ask whether it is having roundtable discussions having skip level meetings uh, employee survey, or just chatting with your employees, getting to know them as individuals. Gone are the days that your average employee builds their life around work. I think in past generations, work was at the center of their lives. Everything else came and uh, was adjusted. Right now, today, and I'm not just talking about my wonderful millennials and Zoomers, uh, but employees want to know and will say, work is just a part of who I am, what I do, how does that fit into and integrate into other parts? The pandemic has given all of us pause, sit back, think about, reassess what's important. And if we want to keep our top talent, our uh, employees, if we want to be uh, employers of choice, we've got to take a more humanistic view to uh, employees. And that's a shift, not for everyone, but that is a shift for some of our leaders who have grown up, who were uh, came of age in uh, a very hierarchical, structure where edicts, where simply saying it would be done, it should be done and it would be done, that those days are gone. So really it is taking time to listen, truly, truly listen authentically and genuinely to our employees. You said you didn't have a prescription, but that was a prescription girl. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna get you guys out of here on this. I'm gonna ask each of you if there's one call to action that you would give to an organization, this is what I think you should do. Just one call to action. Tell me what that is. And then I want you to give um, my audience workers, what's one call to action that you would suggest they do going forward after hearing from uh, this wonderful brain trust. So I'll go around first with one piece of advice or one call to action for organizations. 
and then I'll come back around and we'll talk about, we'll end with one call to action for individuals. So Randy, how about one call to action for organizations? What would you say to them? I would say uh, a lot of what Carolyn and Karen have said, uh, the importance of um, uh, being innovative, being adaptive in this uh, new, very challenging uh, uh, workspace, work world. Um, yesterday's thinking won't solve tomorrow's problems. And uh, as a result, uh, anything that a company can do to attract, but to also foster creative thinking, problem solving, you know, innovation, that really will be what uh, separates, you know, those successful companies from those that struggle. So I, I just think that's absolutely critical. All right. Thanks, Randy. Carolyn. One piece of advice or one call to action for organizations. You know, I would uh, say say again, um, listen, listen to uh, your employees. The wisdom lies within and find ways to listen and listen uh, continuously. Uh, they're the ones who are doing the heavy lifting for us. They're the ones who are going to be executing our strategies, helping organizations attain their uh, attain their goals and uh, continue to um, add value. Uh, so listening, finding ways to listen and listen authentically and genuinely. Thanks, Carolyn. Karen, call to action. I'm not going to disagree with my colleagues. I think they got it right. But uh, you know, I'm going to just say you know, it's an employee experience and understanding that that should be at the forefront of you know, how you drive your human capital and you know, part of ensuring that that employee experience is a positive one is what they've already said. Understand that we come to the table with different skill sets and experience and needs. Um, and it's a holistic need, not just what we have in the workplace. So take that into consideration and make that be that differentiator for you. And if we get that employee experience correct, it's going to have a positive impact on our customer experience and therefore our shareholder value. So um, it, it just needs to be at the forefront of what you prioritize as an organization. But we have to be very transparent about it, very authentic about it, and understand it means change. Whether we are willing to accept it or not, it means change and it can be a pretty powerful uh, differentiator for us if we, if we use it correctly. Thank you, ma'am. All right, last question, and I'm going to get you guys out of here on this. I'm going to start with Carolyn on this one. The one call mm -hmm. to action that you would give to an individual, one call to action. You know, know your value, know your, your worth uh, within uh, the organization. And it's not so much how or, or what challenges come your way, but really how you respond to what's happening to you, right? We can't always control what happens, what uh, what life or, or the organization, uh, what's happening there, but how we respond to it, that's really where your power is going, uh, is going to, uh, to be. So know your value, know your worth, and manage how you respond uh, to this ever-changing uh, volatile uh, environment that we now find ourselves in. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Karen, and I'm going to end with the guy. Okay. So he's, he was the only guy in the group. So uh, Karen, if you would, <laughs> one call to action for individuals. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it goes back to what we were talking about uh, earlier about really assessing yourself through the lens of others whose opinion and perspective you value and make sure that, that, that you understand that that is going to meet some changes on from, from your perspective, but they're changes that only lead to you being stronger and better. And LD, I'm gonna cheat just a little bit and add a second one in there. And that is that, you know, we're, we're all successful where we are and there's so many people that would love to be exactly where you are. So, uh, you know, the, the one of the biggest benefits I've had in my career are people who understand understood by looking at me, people who didn't look like me, that I needed that mentorship. And so, you know, provide that mentorship, even if it's uh, for folks who don't necessarily look, look like you, uh, to help them to understand what you did to be successful in, in the world that you have now, because it, it can be extremely helpful. Thank you. And it's okay that you slid the second one in there because, you know, Carolyn did too, like a, an I eight. Did. And, and a one I didn't eight, put point know. to it though. I know, right? I picked up on that. Nothing gets I by me. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, one call to action for individuals, please. Well, the first call uh, that I think uh, individuals should make is to the Stennett McClendon McShepard consulting firm coming to a town near you soon. Uh, but uh, besides that, I think uh, it's important that we um, think about the importance of um, continuous learning and investing in continuous learning. And maybe part one of that would be to ensure that your employer is willing to invest, but don't leave it up to the employer exclusively. We should all be investing in ourselves. That could be reading uh, good books about how to be uh, more effective leaders or team members that could be taking classes that could be getting advanced degrees i certainly got my my advanced degree years ago and paid for it myself i didn't wait for my employer so uh, anything that we could be doing uh you've heard my colleagues say today that things are just constantly changing and we don't see that um being any different in the coming months and years so whatever we can do through the help of a company or through your own investment to be better prepared for a vuca world i think is um well worth the time and the uh, resources. All right. Now, when we open this consulting firm, I want you guys to just remember who brought the group together. To <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, guys, thank you so, so much. Randy McShepard, Carolyn Stennett, and Karen McClendon. Like I said, the brain trust when it comes to HR and human, uh, human capital, talent development, these guys are phenomenal guys thank you so so much for your time what you were able to do you gave me two podcasts in one and i really appreciate that enjoy the rest of your day guys hey go out there and make it a great friday thanks everybody thank thanks, you thank you see you all thank you. thank you for joining common sense leadership podcast with your host dr ld bennett visit our website commonsenseleadership.org for more details see you next week